Joined now by David Vinson, who is the Chief Executive of VIA, the Imported Motor Vehicle Association. Um, you were involved in the working group on getting people out of gas guzzlers and into low emission cars, David. I still am. So Ex- that's been an ongoing exercise for the last six years under a succession of different transport ministers. Right. Does it feel like an exercise in futility at times, or in over six years Definitely are you making ground? It definitely does, um, because it, it's um, it's all about political will, or the lack lack of it. Are they asking the right questions? The succession succession of transport ministers. Well, I think they know the right questions to ask, but it's about having to move pretty carefully to it so they don't get ahead of public opinion. Is my take on it? So a lot of suggestions that we have made over the years have not necessarily been taken up. Partly for, for that reason, the political side of it, but also partly for reasons like supply. Right, because I was told on Talkback that as soon as the government announced the decision to move people into electric cars, and I think this happened in Britain as well, the price of electric cars went up exponentially in Japan. Well, the price of vehicles went up by almost exactly the same amount as the subsidy. That's right. So. <laughs> The government gave a $3,000 subsidy and that money went straight to Japan, as we said it would. Yes, that's right. So this emissions reduction plan has a big focus on transport and they want to ensure that this government wants to ensure lower and middle income households aren't left behind, that they want to do their bit too, they're assuming, and want to subsidise them out of fossil fuel burning cars for a climate-friendly alternative, there's going to be a pilot of the scheme involving up to 2,500 vehicles. How will that work, or is the devil in the detail? We don't know how it's going to work, and the devil is in the detail, but we have been working with the Climate Change Commissioner and his team, and Minister Wood and his officials on these sorts of issues. But until we see the detail, we won't know. I mean, what's to stop somebody taking the subsidy, getting into the EV and flogging it off when things get tight? I have no idea. There's nothing but that. I have no idea what's going to stop them because we haven't seen the qualifying criteria or conditions. But if they do that, it doesn't really matter. The vehicle is still in the fleet, which mm. is part of the achieved part of the goal. That's true. Are they at all interested in any other forms of renewable energy like hydrogen? Yes, there's discussions around hydrogen, and some of the manufacturers are um, working very hard on, on the hydrogen issue. The problem we have with electric vehicles, in particular in New Zealand, is that our um, energy, our topping up of our electricity comes from burning um, dirty, uh, cheap coal. Mm. And they're talking about streamlining the renewable energy um, electricity system. But now they've said that having it totally electric by 2030 is aspirational. Transport you're talking about? Oh, sorry, I was talking about the renewable electricity system, which seems to to suggest that they are going to have to rely on other forms of fuel. Well, that's outside of them, and how they generate electricity is really completely outside my sphere. Yeah, that's true. Um, Sorry, I I was just looking, I received an email from somebody who is. driving a Nissan Leaf. Uh, He's leasing a Nissan Leaf. It's eight years old. But basically because of the, um, what do they call it, anxiety, the the kilometre anxiety? 
Range anxiety. Range anxiety, thank you. His life has now devolved to five Ks of Green Lane. Uh, he seems to spend, he said, uh, three to four hours at a vector charging station every a couple of times a week, and his life is solely revolved around charging. It doesn't sound like a viable option for many people. No, well, as I say, that's, that's an unfortunate experience that he's having because certainly range anxiety was a thing two or three or four years ago, and it seems to be no longer the, the concern with people when they're buying EVs. That was the principal question they were asking. Yeah. But now... The main question people are asking is what happens to the batteries at the end of their useful life? They're concerned about um, environmentally friendly disposal. And I see more and more of these places are popping up, um, recycling solutions, safe and reliable, lithium battery disposal. So that that is constantly changing, isn't it? Yes, and that's that's evolving and developing at the same time as the EV fleet is um, increasing. And so there will be there will be a pragmatic commercial um, solution to all of these things. I'm involved with a, a government-sponsored group, um, Auto Stewardship New Zealand, whose focus at the moment is on tyres, and is now now moving on to batteries. Yeah. So there are going to be commercial solutions to those things: the recycling and repurposing and refurbishing those batteries. Are there enough um, renewable energy-fueled vehicles in the world to cope with global demand? As Every country tries to meet its um, emissions reduction targets. No. <laughs> no. Um, for a start, with new vehicles, all of the manufacturers, from um, low-end commuting-type vehicles right up to high-end sports vehicles mm. and luxury, they're all manufacturing EVs. But, it, but it's facile and it's truism that they're not making any more five-year-old used vehicles. So what we have is what we have. I thought that would be the case. Thank you for such straight answers. David Vincent, Chief Executive of the Vehicle Importers Association. Yeah, somebody who knows the the business end of the industry, who knows what's happening, who knows what um, is coming up on the horizon in terms of evolving technologies. There simply aren't enough vehicles, and there certainly aren't enough five-year-old vehicles for people to be able to be subsidised into them.